God calls me friend. God calls me friend. He's many things to us, but I'm thankful to be able to call him friend. I'm thankful that there's a lot of friends I can call at any time, and they'll let me down, won't answer the phone, can't help me with whatever it is that I need. Not God. I can call God anytime, any place. Say the name of Jesus, and he'll pick up the line and give me peace and comfort. Praise God. Let's thank him one more time. Hallelujah. Mighty God, you're holy, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Well, winter has finally arrived, but that's all right. We're going to stay warm in here in Jesus' name. Just want to ask everyone to continue to hold up, Pastor and his family. Uh, this is a little bit of a big week for them, if you didn't know. Anna, Anna Urshan, Anna Glasgow, a week from today. I remember having her in Sunday school. Wow. My goodness. Thank you, Lord. But he's an eternal God, so time doesn't mean anything to him. I may be getting older, but God is on the throne. Yesterday, today, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and turn to the word that God put on my heart for tonight. I am going to look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. And it says, We love him because he first loved us. And just one, one thought tonight is first love. First love. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for what you've already done today, this morning in service, this morning in Sunday school, this afternoon in Arbo de Vida. God, your presence has been in this place all day. We thank you for it, God, because you're holy, you're worthy, you're righteous, and you're true, God. You're just, Lord God. We know that your word is true and pure, God. I ask that it go forth tonight, God. Prick our hearts. Speak to us tonight, God. Help us, Lord God, to get closer to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. You know, whatever age age you are, young, old, or in between, whatever it may be, we all need to be loved. We all, we all need to love. We all need to have some kind uh, of a loving relationship and what we see is we look for that in many ways. I think there was an old song called Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. And we've got a world that, that seems dead set on doing that. They continue to, to seek love in, in, in many ways. And we all do it from the time that we are, are born. Um, whatever it is, it's the instant thing that we do is start to seek love. Start to look for love. Start to, to feel loved. I remember, and I didn't look into it. I apologize because the story, I remember when, when I heard it, it, it tore me up and broke my heart so much that I thought I will just mention it tonight, but I'm not going to read the story again. I can't even remember who said it, um, but it was, uh, I believe, an evangelist that came through that talked about back in the World War II uh, era when the, the Nazis were doing what they were doing, that all the experiments and the things that they were doing to, to humans was disgusting. But, but one of the things they did was they took a whole bunch of newborns. And, and, and some of them they kept and they nourished and they held and they loved. All of them they fed and did the things that would sustain us and keep us alive just with the basics, the things that we need, food, water and those things, but for a baby, obviously an infant, it was, it was milk. The things that they absolutely needed. Some of the children, some of the infants, they held, they hugged, they loved, they put in the crib, they stayed with them. The others, they simply just gave them the basic, basics to live. And I can't remember what percentage of it was. I feel like it was almost all of them died because they weren't getting anything 
They weren't getting any love. They weren't getting any nurturing. So that's exactly, we are looking for that from the start. And, and spoiler alert, uh, if you didn't get it from the scripture I read or the title, uh, God is love. God is love. And in, in verse 8, here it says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is, is love. And I'm thankful for that because that's the only true love that there is. And, and I'm thankful that we have that from him because the looking for love in all the wrong places idea that so many people do through their life, they're not going to find it in anything that is of this world. It's simply God. God is love. And if we don't understand that, then we're missing out exactly who he is. He's many things. He is many things. There's no question about it. But he is also love. I remember it's been six years almost. It was February of 2014. I preached my first message, and it was, uh, the title was Thirst for Love. And I spoke about the woman at the well and how Jesus was there for her, and Jesus knew how many husbands she had had and, and the sins that she had committed. But something changed that day. Something changed for her that day when she found out, here's the Messiah. And he knows all the places that I was looking for love all the husbands that I had, and all the mistakes that I made, and Jesus simply loved her. So much so that he had to send the apostles away because who knows how they would have reacted. I've heard a lot of thoughts on it, but, but part of me thinks that she would not have even approached the well if all the apostles were there. No matter what, Jesus was simply there to say, I love you, and she may not have thought that that was going to be the case coming from a Jew, but she came up and approached it, and Jesus said, I love you. Now, go and tell. And, and it changed. That one person, that one lady finding out what love is, that one person finding out what love really is, was able to go back because it said that a whole city, or most of that city, was saved. That's what one person, person finding out, okay, this is what love really is. She was doing what so many of us do today, and it's, it's, it's grow up, just looking for it, looking for it in, in, in the wrong people and in the wrong places and at the wrong times, all the while not thinking about who is my perfect love, who is the one that loves me. We keep going and going and, and looking and, and dead ends. And then we find something and, and we think, okay, this is it. This is it. And then something happens where maybe they don't feel that way. We have what's called puppy love. A lot of people think that that may be first love, but it's not. That's not, that's not first love. Puppy love is, is something that is just when you're starting to get those feelings of, oh, I'm starting to understand what the girl looks like or the boy looks like, whatever it is, and you start in, you know, school uh, being attracted to those things. But that's not true love. And, and we start trying to have that fill the void that only the first love can fill. We start to try to have that start filling that void that's inside of us that only God is going to be able to fill. Only that first love is going to be able to fill, but we grow up looking for it. And then we find it and we think, okay, this is, this is the right one. It's time. And, 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 and we say, okay, how am I going to propose? I'm going to propose the man is saying that and, and sweating that out. And then that happens and you get married and, and then you have, you know, that big day and it's a wonderful day. And then after so many, you, you think, okay, I've made it. This is what I've been waiting for forever. And then after the honeymoon season wears off, and, and that kind of, that wonderful feeling fades for so many people, not me. That has never, that did not happen to me. So, but for those of you that have experienced that, you found out, okay, you know, this, I thought this was going to be it. I thought this was going to be the moment where everything now that I was done, people say, oh, you complete me. How can another flawed sinful person, because we're all full of sin. That's what the Word says. How can another person that is sinful 
complete us. It can't complete us. Only God's love can complete us. Only God can complete us. So we can never say, oh, you complete me. I'm thankful for, for marriage, that God blessed us with that and gave us that, and I'm thankful for my wife. But the enemy has, trying to, has been trying since creation to come in and steal what that looks like, to take away from what that looks like, and to bring false love, and to bring false sense of, of love. And that's why we see today so many problems that, that, that the world and people are facing when they don't understand that God is the love that they're looking for, that he is the only one that's going to complete it. And it's not just the United States in 2020 or the, or the 2000s. It's been from the beginning Satan has tried to come in and bring sin into what is true. Satan has been trying to get involved and bring sin in, into that. But we still face the same challenges today. He's not got any new tricks. He's still bringing the same old things that he always has against us. It's, no, it's nothing new, and it's only God's love that perfects us and keeps us perfect and keeps us out of those mistakes and out of those sins. We have romantic movies, romantic comedies, whatever it is that makes us think, oh, that's it, that's perfect, the guy's perfect, and oh, this feels amazing, oh, I just, this makes me feel so good, and, and, and then the, the, the guy in that is perfect, he understands exactly what women want, he understands exactly how to say the right things at the right time, and, and, and just do everything perfect, and they're just swooning, and like, oh, he's so perfect and amazing, and then you're sitting there with your wife or your girlfriend or whomever, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, ha, I'm nothing like that. <laughs> but then we also have pornography, and we have to talk about it. it it's, faith, it's a challenge that, that it's not only a, men, a challenge for men, but it is women also, and it's a false sense of what true love is. It's not real. It's fake, and it sets up the wrong expectations. And the enemy is trying to bring those things against us to keep us away from what is truly love. And what is love is God. And that's exactly the only thing that's ever going to help us to get to where he is calling us to be, where he is taking us, and where he is saying, hey, I love you. I love you, and I've given you this life. And we keep going. It's like those those those. They put the mice in them or whatever, you know, those, those traps or whatever. They go in and they're going through the maze and they're, they hit one dead end. And then they turn around and they got to go through the other one. And it's all this work to try to get to this finish line, to, to get out. And that's what we do. Even though we can be taught it, I heard it growing up. I heard the songs growing up, all of it. We can be taught it in Sunday school, everything. But we still continue to seek what we think is love. We still continue to try to fulfill our own ideas of what we want. And we end up in bad relationships. We end up in wrong relationships. We end up going down the wrong road. And sometimes it takes years, some people decades, some people longer to get out of the mistake that they made because they weren't willing to wait for God or they didn't understand exactly what true love is, and that's God. We're driven so much by our feelings. Feelings are, are, are what drives us all. And the thing is, God understands feelings. God understands emotions. He understands all those things. It says he's jealous for us. He understands us and our feelings and our emotions, but we can't comprehend his. There's no way for us to fully understand a perfect God. There's no way that we can sit here and say, I understand, God, this is the way I feel, so Lord, don't you understand? Don't you get it? When he's the one that completely knows the perfection of, of him and of love. But we get caught up in our, our, our feelings of what we think, should, we think things should be. And it drives us, and it drives our, our feelings towards God. If, if we're going good, if things are going good and we, you know, oh, I'm in love. I got the right person. Oh, they called me back. Or they, I don't know, today, what, text me, whatever, all the, all the different ways of communication. For me in, in grade school, it was they checked the box. Yeah, I like you. You guys, notes were a thing. Paper. I don't know. So, it's something called paper that, that we used to use in, in schools and would say, do you like me? Box check yes or no. And now you guys are texting or whatever it is. But, but the thing is, if they said yes, then you felt great. 
Oh, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling great. I'm going to go through my day. And we get on that, that high. We get on that, that high. But if they check no, then, well, then that's going to determine the way I, the way I feel right now. And, I, and I'm going to walk around moping, whatever. And then it starts to develop who we are. I mean, how does a, a first or second grader, when they get a, a box check no, all of a sudden, now it starts, and the enemy will feed on that. The enemy will say, see, you're rejected. Now the enemy starts to get in our minds and control our feelings, feelings that we carry on as we grow up, as we get older. And then it starts to affect our relationship. So it's important to understand God is love. It's important to understand that from the youngest of age. No, God is love. And then when we understand that, then when somebody checks no, it's like, okay, that's all right. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. And, and, and then that's when God is saying, okay, now you're starting to get and understand who I am. But feelings drive us. Feelings drive so much of what's going on, and it, and it, go, and it carries on through generations and generations. We, we can look back 20, 30, 40 years ago the way things were versus now. And we say, <clears throat> young people, that you've got it worse, worse than ever. And, and I do agree with that because you've got so many things hitting you all. But the enemy it has always been doing the same thing. And it's always been affecting us. And feelings are what drive us. And it looks at, you can look at songs, songs that, that the world makes and writes, and songs that Holy Ghost filled, godly people write. The ones the, ones the world writes are... I, I, I can think of a few. In and out of love, I think, was one I remember growing up. And it's like, it was just saying, in and out of love, that's what I'm doing. I'll fall in love with a girl tonight, and then tomorrow, no, and then next week, another one. Or what's love got to do with it? Same thing. All those songs are driven by emotions and what people are feeling and what they want to get out of someone else. They're, they're all written and talking about, this is what I want to get. This is what I'm seeking. And it's all, again, driven by feelings and, 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 and emotions and hormones and all kinds of things that are driving it. But meanwhile, the songs written about God. I remember one of the first songs, Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Those are things that I can look at from, from early on and say, okay, now, now that's truth. This, this is fake. This is carnal. This, this will have an end. But God's love is eternal, and I'm going to have that forever. And I can draw on that now, and I can draw on that in eternity. Because even my marriage, even our marriages are, are, are going to come to an end. It, it, when, we are, when we are past this life and through this life, it's the eternal love. That's going to last. That's the one that matters the most. Because what I may be feeling now and today, and I'm thankful for my marriage and, and my parents and the people and my daughter and the people that God has put in my life that love me and that I love. But eternal-wise, it's God's love. And that's what's going to carry me through eternity. And that's what never, it never fails. It never stops. His love is true, and it's complete, and it never ends. That's what we need. That's what I, 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 I strive for, I live for. My wife and I, we, we, we try our best daily to have a time of, of devotion and prayer together. And then, then we try to do something that's going to help improve and encourage the marriage. We just read, for instance, together uh, a, a book called Boundaries in Marriage. And then, then we've now started back on five love languages. We've read it before. But we're trying to do things that will help us just to stay, to keep going, to keep, to keep the marriage strong. And the thing about five love languages, for instance, is it talks about love tanks. And it talks about when they get empty. Because your partner is not speaking your love language. But the wonderful thing about God, the wonderful so many things about God is my love tank can never get empty in him. 
My love tank will never grow empty when it's in God. When I keep the idea, when I keep the knowledge in the front of my head that God still loves me, no matter the mistakes I'm making, no matter how we're getting along, whatever the case may be, God loves me. My love tank will never grow empty because he knows exactly what I need. At exact every moment, I can say, Lord, touch me tonight. Lord, touch me right now. I'm feeling this way. Help me. My love tank will never grow empty in him. But that's because he knows. That's because he's perfect. What an amazing thing to know that his love, his love is perfect. Our love tank can grow empty by what we try to do, how we try to fulfill one another. But his is perfect. It, it, it's perfect, and when we understand that, it's, it, 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 it helps us to say, okay, now when I get that my love, that God's love for me is perfect, that's when I can begin to love my wife, my daughter, my family, my friends, my church. That's how I can love them even more because it amazes me to think that his love is, it, it, there's, there, it, it's bound to nothing. He just, he just loves us. And, and mine is driven by emotions. Ours is driven by emotions, feelings, things that we're going through. You know, I may have just had a bad day, and I get home, and, and my wife's in a perfect mood and loving and happy, and I just got yelled at, cut off, on down the line. So how am I going to equal what she has? But God is not like that. He's steady. He's perfect. He's even. And he remains that way yesterday, today, and forever. And I can say, Lord, you know, I, this is how I'm feeling right now, but you're perfect. Your love is perfect. Your word is perfect. You're true, and you love me right now the same way that you did yesterday. And I can draw on that and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your perfect love because I'm flawed in so many ways, but you're not. You're perfect, God. Thank you, Jesus. I know it, a lot of my understanding of his love for us changed, and this has been, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago at a, uh, one of the Pulse conferences, and Tim Rutledge came and preached, and I, I've mentioned this, so I'm going to give him all the credit <clears throat> for this thought. I did bring it back up uh, a few years ago in a message, but he was talking about God's love for us. And, and he said something, a taught on something that completely changed my understanding uh, of, of exactly who God is and how much he loves us. And he went back to Eden. He went back to that creation. And he went back to that moment and, and when God created us. And it was because God had love to give he had, he had love to give, and, and that's what brought creation on. And when you think about it, we didn't have our daughter because I wanted somebody to, to grow up doing our dishes and cutting the grass. Now, if you ask me when I was 15 or 16 when my parents had me going and cutting the grass, oh, yeah, you can cut the grass now. Okay, take out the garbage. So I thought, well, maybe that's why... They created me so I can, I can do all the work around the house. Or when you finally get your license, you're like, God, I got to get my license. I want to get my license. Young people think about this. When you get your license, then they can say, hey, we need some milk. Run to the store and get some milk. But no, that's not why. That's not why we had our, our daughter. It was because we had some, a love to give. You know, the song says we were, you and I were created to worship. There's a lot of songs that, that talk about that and, and those things, which is fine. And, and I understand that. And I believe that. I want to I worship God because he loves me. I want to praise and worship God and sing and do all the things that we do because he does love me. So I don't need to be created to do that. When I understand this love, when I understand how much he loves me, it makes me want to do those things. I don't need to be created to do that. God is saying, I love you so much, you're just going to do it. But that's not why he created us. He created us because he had love. He had love to give. And it wasn't for someone to just constantly be walking around, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, just constantly worshiping. And amen, I want to do that because he is deserving of that. 
But he also did it because he loves. And, and, and that's, that's my daughter. I think of, of my daughter and I think how much I love her, how much I love my wife, how much I love my family. And his love is greater than that. My Lord, you're perfect. How do you love more than that? Because when you have that child, you're like, just the love that you have and feel is beyond anything that, that you can describe. And, and you, don't, you don't have any expectations from them. You don't expect them to do this. You don't say, well, if you're not doing this, if you're not adoring me, if you're not walking around that house saying, oh, Daddy, I love you so much. You're perfect. You're amazing. Now, it's great when she says how strong I am. And I think, okay. I don't know how many other people agree with that, but, but thank you. That's, that, that's, that's wonderful. But she doesn't have to do anything to earn my love. I just want to pour it out on her at, at all times. Even when she, she does things like, like just the other day, we, we, we drop her off at, at my parents to, to, uh, so we could go and do some things or whatever. I think have the afternoon to take care of some stuff. And uh, my mom, who is the main babysitter, left to go to the store, so that left my dad to take care of her and uh, a little girl next door. That's three. So London's the older one. She's the five-year-old. She's the responsible one. So somehow uh, my dad uh, let them go upstairs. Now it was just a few minutes. It was just a few minutes. But the scissors came out, and the idea to cut hair popped into one, one of their, their heads. Now, London has heard, and she's downstairs in Bible quizzing, by the way, so I can, I can tell the story. She, she, she knew, I probably shouldn't do this. So maybe just a little bit here and there, it was hard to notice. Now, the other little girl had a whole bunch, quite a bit, that was cut off. So when my dad finally says, oh, you know what, I should check on them, he comes upstairs to a pile of hair and says angrily, what happened here? And, and London says, it's Biscuit's hair. That's the cat. <laughs> Clearly, this other little girl has long blonde hair. Biscuit has short, dark hair. So clearly my dad said, no, no, it's not. So I, I of course, our biggest issue at that point was the not telling the truth. Um, so that was the, that was the focus of our talk with her. The scissors, I think probably every single person here, girl, boy, whatever, can raise their hands and say, oh yeah, I did that. So it happens, it happens a lot, no matter how much we tell them. Uh, there's just something about finding those scissors and oh, there's hair, let's cut it, that they do. But our biggest issue was the not telling the truth part. So that was the, that was the focus of our talk with her. But I, I say that to say that it didn't in any way, shape, or form take any bit of the love that I have for her away. As a matter of fact, it, 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 felt, it boiled up more love in saying, I want, I want better for you. I, I want you to be to better and, and understand this is why we don't do that. And it's because we love God. It's because He loves us. Those are the reasons that I don't want you to do that. And, and, and then she, of course, is melting down, bawling, hysteria. No spankings or anything coming her way, but just the fact that she felt the disappointment. And, and that's, when, that's when we can understand our relationship with God and when we're starting to somewhat understand the loving relationship with him, and the difference between condemnation and conviction. Because I know there's times when I, when I do things that I know or don't know, whatever the case may be, that, that, that is, is not what God wants. When you feel that conviction, it's, it's not... Granted, there's fear there. Amen. There is fear. And we have fear and trembling for God, as we should have. But it's also just that disappointment of the Lord. I love your presence so much, and, and, and I love feeling your presence and your love so much that when I do something that separates me from you or takes me from you or takes away from that, I don't want to feel that. 
And that's exactly how she responded because she sensed the disappointment and she knew I, I, I did something wrong. And that's, again, how much more our God loves us that we can't even comprehend his love. That's powerful to me. That, that, that is something that is powerful to me and, and makes me think, Lord, how perfect you are. Because I'm a pretty even-keeled guy. I pretty much stay, you know, the ups and downs I try to limit or whatever. And I think it's just my personality. But when I start thinking about how much God loves me, how much God loves you, when I start thinking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how he loves me, all-knowing God that just breathes life, that just creates galaxies, creates stars, creates planets, creates the earth, creates perfection. When I think about that love and that he loves me and he knows how many hairs are on my head, and if you're bald, it's okay, it doesn't matter. He knew many how many were on there when you were born, whatever the case may be. I think that is worthy of some praise right now, that he loves you, that he knows your name, that he knew you from the foundation and the creation of the earth. When I think of that, my Lord, you love me that much. It, it's perfect. It's a perfect love that, that, that is beyond our understanding, beyond anything that, that we're able to comprehend. And I, and I think about the times that I've seen people that have for whatever reason, gone through life, and maybe they've heard some of this message. Maybe they've heard the name of Jesus. Maybe, maybe they haven't, whatever the case may be. Maybe they came to Sunday school as a kid. Maybe they, got hurt. they grew up in church but went through church hurt and left because they didn't understand the difference between God and church, and they didn't understand that, oh, I need a relationship with him. But when I see and have seen people that are just angry and bitter and out there in this world, just yelling and angry at people and everybody, and you think, what is wrong with that person? Or they're caught up in a lifestyle that fill in the blank, that today there's a lot of prominent lifestyles, and people promoting it and saying, it's okay, live like this, live like that, just do what you want, be what you want. And they're angry, and they're angry at a God that they don't even know, that they, they, that they don't even understand or know anything about. There's, there's a, a, a podcast that I was watching of a guy that he talks about a lot of things that, that interest me, so sometimes I occasionally watch him. And, um, but occasionally he, when, when God comes up, he completely dismisses it. Oh, that's a, you know, an old fable, an old religion, whatever. It's not, it's not for us today. It's, it's, you know, it's, read it. He's like, you know, read It's all about hate and angry, and God just destroys people. And I'm thinking, you missed a lot. <laughs> you missed a lot in the Bible if that's what you've gotten out of it. But that's what a lot of people think and what a lot of people heard. But when they find out, oh, he came into the world, wrapped himself in flesh, walked and talked among us, and then took a beating for us, and then hung on a cross for us, went down to hell and took the keys for us, rose back again for us, and has completed us, then you're missing a lot. You're missing a lot. And, and, and there was a point where he was talking to somebody recently after he, I've seen him, heard him say this stuff before, and he said, they, the, the person said something, oh, um, that's a picture of Jesus coming out of hell after he went down to hell. And the guy said, Jesus went to hell? He's like, that didn't happen. What are you talking about? And I thought to myself, see, you don't even know what's in this book. But yet you, you, are, you are telling people, and this is what you have accepted. It goes back again to feelings. Well, this is the way I feel. This is what somebody's taught me or what somebody has told me. But that's not who God is. And when I see people that are broken and, and something has hurt them deeply, or whatever the case may be, or they, they, they don't like or hate Christians because they're perceived intolerant, even though a true Christian is more loving than anybody else. When you see them, and then somebody says, wait a second, I'm not like whoever talked to you that, that made you feel this way and told you, oh, you're going to hell because you live like this or you look like that. I'm not the person that, that said and did all that to you. 
and, and somebody just simply says, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. I've seen those people break down and start crying. It's just the thought of them hearing, God loves me. Because again, it goes back to what we're looking for. It goes back to the void that we have inside of us that we are needing filled by something that no one, no one else can fill. I want to love my wife and my family and my daughter with everything that is in me. But I'm going to come up short. I, I, we all are because we don't understand perfect love. We, we, we don't have it and we don't understand it. I can love with everything that's in me, but it's going to come up short of what an expectation is or what we perceive it to be. Only God can come in and fill that void and say, I love you. And that feeling that you have, that feeling of that love is perfect. And I can think it's just like, it's just like a marriage and how I talked about how we, we, we can get married and go through that honeymoon stage. And then, and then when you get past that, that's when you're going, now you're getting into finding out what a deep love is. Now you've, that's when it's, it takes work. That's when it takes me saying, hey, we're going to get this book, and we're going to read it. We're going to pray together. We're going to grow together. And if it's not with a spouse, then it's got to be with us as individuals because ultimately that's what God is looking for, that relationship with us. It's not, it's not going to be me and my spouse. It's not going to be me and my daughter or me and my family, whatever it is. It's going to be me and God. That's what he's wanting a relationship with is me. And I can remember you know, coming back to church after years of being away. And I'm thankful for what I grew up with. Bishop and Sister Buller, Kim and John, so many people that taught me. There's people here that, that invested in me and, and taught me and showed me those things. But when I came back, after living the life that I had chose to live for the years that I did, and God forgiving me, that's when I started to understand my God, you love me. You love me. And you have to experience that in your life, some way or another, young people. I pray to God you don't take the path that I took. I pray to God you stay in a pew and in a church and in a service every day, every service. But at some point or another, you're going to have to understand how much God loves you. Because that's when you're going to really begin to understand. That's what this is all about. He loves me. And he died on a cross for me. Take that and make that personal. Make it personal. It's okay to be selfish at this point. Okay, It's okay to be selfish when it comes to your relationship with God. I think plenty of times, oh, God, I'm not, you know, this person or that person. You love them. You love the people that I, I don't like, whatever it may be. Uh, you love the people I don't get along with. You love the people that I do. Or we get so caught up in our personal feelings, and we forget, oh, there's another individual that's having feelings that God loves just as much. But you know what? It's okay to say, but God, but you love me. And help me to understand how I should feel right now in this situation. Because you care enough for me to know me from the foundations of the earth. And to die on a cross for me. And take that and make that personal. Because it is personal. But that's where we're at. I remember coming back. And the love, oh, the love and the joy that I felt was off the charts. I mean, I felt like I was floating. I, you couldn't for... Years, a couple of years, if the doors were open at church, I wanted to be there. Whatever it was, I just felt amazing. I remember being at, at work and working, I've shared this before, in a cubicle, and I could put my earbuds in and listen to my gospel music. My goodness, I remember sitting in there thinking, how do you not feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now? Because I'm about ready to start just shouting, thank you, Jesus. I hope they felt something. I hope they did and they didn't know, but the next time they go to a church, the next time they're driving down Cooper Road, whatever it is, they feel something and they say, oh, wait a minute, I remember a few years ago sitting in work and I felt something similar to this. Oh, there's a church, what is that? But it's God, it's the love of God. And I sat there and I felt that. But over time, that newness, that, that, that excitement, 
It did. It, it, it faded away. It wasn't because God left. It wasn't because God said, okay, this was fun for a while. Now I'm moving on. We got new people in the church. I'm going to pour my love out on them. No. He said, now it's time to come deeper. Now, now it's time to f- keep finding your way to an altar. How many of us have stopped going to altars? Now it's time to go into your, your prayer closet. How many of us each day is just, well, my prayer is before, before I eat my, my sandwich. How many of it is, Lord, be with the kids on the way to school. Thank you, Jesus, and go to work. And then we're caught up in, in, in the rush and the madness of the day. And, and, and we can't. There's no way coming to church Sunday morning can sustain us for a week. Coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, to Arbo Davida in the afternoon, Wednesday night, any youth service that happens to be going on, we could come to church, whatever. How many ever times the doors open in a week, and it's not going to sustain us. Because once you get past that point when you're saying, okay, I don't, I don't feel exactly like I felt when God pulled me out of that miry clay, picked me up, turned me around, and set my feet on solid ground. Oh, I love you, God. I love you. This is amazing. I love how I feel. When, when that kind of slips away, God is now saying, okay, just like your marriage, just like your friendships, just like any relationship that actually means something to you, now it's time to work. Now it's time to say, okay, Lord, how much am I talking to you? How much, when, when, when the problem arises, where are you on my list of calls? Am I going to call this person, that person, whatever? Am I going to go to pastor? Because pastor will have the answer. Amen, I go to him too. It's okay. But you know what? If we go to God first, you may not have to, to go to pastor. You may not have to go to whomever else in the church that you can go to. Now call them and say, hey, pray for me, whatever the case may be. Because the Lord knows I want people praying for me. But you know what happens if we go to God first? Sometimes he actually listens. Sometimes he actually changes situations and does something different. And we say, oh, wow, but I forgot. That's, that's, what, that's what it was like when I first came to UCOD and I and I just wanted to go to the podcast or put in the CD or go to YouTube or whatever it is and just feel that presence and feel and feel that we 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 got we we can get to a place where where we forget and we say well I just don't I don't I don't feel it anymore that's when we have to say what's what what was my first love again go back to saying we love him because he first loved us and, and, and then when we start having fear and things that are unnatural, that's when we have to understand, oh, I don't understand what perfect love is then. Because when I read verse 18, right before this, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So when we start feeling those things, when we start having those problems arise in our marriages, in our relationships, it's time, to kind of, it's time to go back and think about that first love because that's perfect. So it's time to go back to that and say, wait, I'm having problems here with, with what you bless me with, God, with, with my spouse that you bless me with. So there must be somewhere that I'm losing and forgetting what perfect love is. So let me go back to the first love because that's perfect. And when I go back to that first love, then now I can start saying, oh, I'm loved because you start wondering, am I loved because I'm not getting what I need from somebody else? Then it turns into, well, I just don't feel loved at all anymore, and we've forgotten. He first loved us. We've forgotten what it's like to be first loved. And when I read that scripture, God spoke something to me and said, you know, whether you're young, old, whatever it is, in between, and and you're looking for a spouse but haven't found one yet, if there's a fear uh, of being alone, then he, hasn't, he can't bless you because you still have not understood what his perfect love is. He's saying, if you have fear, oh, I'm going to be alone and I'm afraid to be alone, 
forever and nobody's ever going to come my way. I'm not going to find the right person. God is saying, well, then you don't understand what perfect love is. Because if you did, it wouldn't matter whether I send someone or not. Because I'm the perfect love. I'm the first love. And I'm actually what you need. And then when you can understand that, that's when he can say, okay, now you're starting to understand what love is. And I can bless you and I can bring someone to you. And he'll do it. And it's the same thing when we start having those problems in our marriages. We've forgotten. We've forgotten. And we start to fear, oh, what well, is this going bad? Is this going to turn into a separation or whatever it may be? Then you've forgotten what the fear of, uh, then you've forgotten what perfect love is. You have forgotten that he loves you. And I just think about those songs again. I think about the, the, the songs that, that, that so many people have written about, about his love for us. And in that message six years ago, that was one of the things. I went through, I just was listening to the radio that day, and I thought, my Lord, every one of these songs is about your love. And I think I wrote down like 18 songs. And I read off all the titles, and it was all, it was all about love. And I thought, Lord, I don't know, you know, some of these Christian singers, I don't know if they have the Holy Ghost. I don't know what it is, but you are doing something. You are inspiring a generation to show people that you love. You are sending, I don't, I, I don't know, but they're feeling something when they're writing these songs. That is, and God is saying, tell my people, tell the people that I love them. He's saying, I love you, I love you. And then I thought, well, that's what we're hearing today is, is songs about love. And then I thought, okay, well, generations before, they, they sung and wrote a lot of songs about the blood. And then I realized today, the blood is love. It's the same thing. So what they were writing about when they were talking about the blood of Jesus, they were just talking about God's love for us. They were just saying, God loves you. God was just saying, I love you, but in a different way. He was talking about my blood, the blood that I spilled. And he was saying, I love you so much that I'm spilling this blood for you. And I heard the song today, One Thing Remains, Your Love Never Fails. It was one of the songs that, that was just on while I was, I was here today, just just praying and thinking of the Lord. And then I thought of the song, the old song, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. And you know, the thing about that, that always used to kind of bother me a little bit because I thought, I don't want to love you, God, because you first loved me. That, that kind of seemed like I'm saying, well, you had to love me first. I don't know. It was just a thought that I had that, that I, I didn't feel great about. I thought, okay, well, you loved me, so I, I guess I, I, I love you. But then I realized I can't love. If he didn't love me first, I, how would I have the ability to love? So it took his love, him loving me first, for me to be able to understand and say, okay, this is what love is, and I can love. And, and then today as I was, I was praying and I thought, Lord, I just said, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to say? And he just said, tell my children I love them. That's it. He loves you. I could go on and on, but does anything matter more than he loves you? I, I think if the musicians want to come, we, we, can, we, we can stop there. Because if that's not enough to, to sustain me, to, to keep me going, to, to, to give me the ability to wake up every day, and say, you know, this, this world stinks or whatever everybody's saying. You know what? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he loves me, the God Almighty, the Almighty God, if he loves me, knows my name, I am a friend of God. If all those things, if I believe that, then, then what's too much? What's too, can we stand and, and just start pondering him for just a second?
And I think it'd be a good time if you, if you can make your way or want to make your way to the altar just to say, you know what, Lord, I do want to feel your love. And I do thank you, God, because you love me. And, and, and what a time and opportunity to just say, Lord, you know, whether I've been feeling it or not lately, this is a moment and, and, a, and a time when I can say, I want to feel it again. And if I can just feel maybe even what I felt at the moment of the first love, and I, and I can remember how good that felt, then maybe that will help me take that next deeper step tomorrow. Maybe, maybe that will drive me back into focusing on you because if I seek you first, your righteousness, your kingdom, then, then you'll take care of, of the, the, the problems that I have, the feelings that I have of not being loved. So many people right now don't feel loved. And, and God is saying, I'm still, I'm still here. We, we think of the cross as being 2,000 years ago, and, 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 and that's when it happened and when he loved. But to an eternal God, 2,000 years ago is today. 2,000 years ago means, means nothing to him. We think about it as, oh, well, he did it back then, and you know now he's doing this, or now he's doing that. To God, the cross was yesterday. To God, he was just hanging there on it. He was just taking those lashes moments ago. He's taking those lashes right now to an eternal God. That means nothing. I encourage you to, to come forward, to, to seek Him, and, and to just feel, let His presence bring some restoration that so many people need right now and, and feeling the presence of God and feeling just loved again and just feeling and understanding that my God you love me